Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and the strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by biznow.com. Check them out for industry news and events. It's biznow.com. Where we continue our coverage on uh, Corona time, as I'm calling it, COVID-19, really what is going on in the marketplace. How are industry participants dealing with it, and what should we expect moving forward. Now, just recently, NAREIT had their big uh, REIT week, right? Their uh, big uh, event for the year. And as you might uh, uh, guess, it was all virtual. Uh, and we have a guest, Calvin Short, with us today. He's senior economist with NAREIT, and he's joining us on uh, Zoom. So we can get an idea from Calvin about the economy, and then just really kind of what, uh, and my first question for you, uh, Calvin, is, and what was the overall feel and theme with everyone, you know, at, at the event? Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me back on your show. I always enjoy the discussion. So Reed Week was very different because we didn't have the face-to-face -face interactions, but we had a lot of very good discussions, some general sessions. The companies had a chance to present their material. And everyone recognizes this is an unprecedented situation, but they're cautiously optimistic that, as the economy does reopen this month, next month, on through the year, you're gonna have more sales in the stores, you're gonna have better possibility for rent collection from the tenants. That's gonna help rents, that's gonna help valuations. But there's a sense that we're, we're, we're past the phase of worrying how far is the down going to be, and now starting to plan for the recovery. And what did they say, uh, Calvin, about their collections? It seems, you take retail out of it for a moment. It seems like you know multifamily and, and take hotels out, but uh, it seems like uh, uh, industrial office and multifamily have had pretty strong uh, results. Is that what you hear there? And are they worried about the future? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you 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 kind of answered the question when you said take take the hotels and retail out because they're the ones that were really the front line of the business shutdowns, and the rest have continued to perform with. With some challenges, but Nareed has done a survey of our, our members, and they repeated the same things at the meetings that um, most sectors are getting you know ninety percent or more of their rents. Um, the tenants are are dealing with their own challenges, but they've got the cash flow to make the payments. So that is not uh, that is not as troublesome as we might have thought three months ago. And did you get a sense from them, Calvin, of how they feel moving forward after maybe some of these government incentives uh, kind of roll off? I didn't hear I didn't hear them commenting about it, but that's my area as uh, as an economist. And you know, you look at the recent jobs report. Uh, we were all surprised to see the two and a half million increase in payroll employment in May. And part of that part of that's because you do have a reopening now, and so stores are doing business, they're hiring back the workers, but also part of that was because of the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, has encouraged companies to take workers back on the payroll. So to that extent, the government support is really important for the economy right now. And, and as, as an economist, when you look at the forward view of the, the rebound uh, of the recovery, um, when I saw a jobs report, my first thought was, wow, that's good news. But then is maybe that because when we had such a strong job market, 
uh, it, you know, you probably could find a talent right now. So kind of that's where we were. Does that kind of help us rebound a lot faster than maybe we're thinking? Well, two and a half million increase in payroll employment is just a very large number. We've never seen that before, but you have to keep in mind that's after you know, more than 20 million lost their jobs over the previous couple of months. This is just the first step of getting people back to work. If you look at the details of the report, a lot of the jobs, a lot of the jobs gained in May were in the same sectors that had the biggest losses in April. It was the, 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 the restaurants and bars, the entertainment, uh, the retail had a lot of hiring. So the good news is that firms that had let people go are probably taking the same employees back. That's just a lot easier for the company and for the employee. Uh, I'm hoping to see that continue over the next couple of months. The danger is going to be, of course, if some of those job losses that we were thinking might be temporary turn out to be permanent. That's going to be a bigger blow to the economy. That's one reason why the recovery is going to take a little bit longer for us really to get back to full speed. And it, it, as we sit here now, it's, it's June 9th. Um, and so I just want to say the date right now because things are changing so quickly, right? What is your view of the recovery timeframe as you see it today, Cal? You know, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, what letter of the alphabet, what's the shape? I'm, I'm not going to get into that discussion because mm -hmm. that, uh, that glosses over what's really going on. We're, we're going to have a two-track economy. We're going to have a two-track economy. The parts of the economy that are directly dealing with the virus, you know, the, the, the malls, the restaurants, the bars, the travel, all of those things, they're really going to have some difficulty getting fully back to speed until, until this is more contained, until there's a vaccine, until we've got a better idea of treatment. And that's going to take quite a while. Now, they account for about 10% of the economy. The rest of the economy, though, uh, doesn't have these real first-round effects. They have second-round effects of people, people pulling back a bit. Uh, it's going to be much easier for those parts of the economy to come back. So what I expect to see later this year and even into next year is we actually may have some additional slowdowns that are temporary or regional if there's a flare-up of the virus. But you're going to see some parts of the economy getting back pretty much to, to steam. The people who are able to work from home, the people who are able to work in a safe environment with the, with the PPE or whatever, those are going to be able to get back you know, pretty close to normal without too much delay. But those other parts just mean we're not going to be at the same level of GDP, not going to be at the same level of employment, as long as those sectors are still just at a, a much lower level. Okay. And as we mentioned, uh, you had your, your big annual event, REIT Week, and uh, you had uh, all the kind of the REIT leaders uh, involved. What was the sense uh, on uh, debt, on, on financing uh, fr from the event? What'd you pull out of that? The first thing to keep in mind is that the REITs had strengthened their balance sheets so much over the past decade. The REITs raised $440 billion of equity capital from 2009 through 2019. They reduced the leverage ratios quite a bit across the board. Not, not every single company report reduced the leverage by the same amount, but you look across the sectors, they relied more on equity, less on debt. They lengthened the maturity of the debt, so they're not in as much need to refinance their debt in the crisis. That really gives them a lot more breathing space. The reason that we did here talk about it 
did say they have access to capital. They have uh, they they have a solid balance sheet, and they have they have a good business model. The lenders aren't really so concerned about that. Um, a third point is this is a really big difference from the financial crisis 12 years ago. The banking system is also much stronger. Hey, remember what was happening in 2008, 2009? Every every Monday morning, we were bracing to look at the news to see which other big bank might be, you know, you know on, on the on the risk of failing or needing government support. That's not happening. That's right. not happening. We have a solid banking system, and that means that you can get the credit to the businesses, not just REITs, not just real estate, but the other businesses, and that's really important to get this economy going back uh, at full speed again. Yeah. Well, Calvin, what would you say to our commercial real estate audience around the country um, that you, you kind of, as an economist, and then what you, you learned from REIT Week uh, that we should be thinking about moving forward? The real estate economy was healthy before this crisis hit, and there's a huge distinction between an external shock versus an internal weakness. We've had downturns in real estate that were due to internal weakness. If you look at the housing market, 2008, that was a terrible internal weakness, and it took a long time to recover. There were parts of commercial real estate that had been overbuilt. There was quite a bit of office construction, retail construction, and that meant that you had a lot of excesses in the market. You, know, you look at other periods, you look you know, deeper back in history, the 1980s, there was just a huge amount of office construction that took you know, several years to work off. We did not have that situation. This was a healthy market before this bolt really came out of the blue, uh, the bolt still is causing problems. I'm not minimizing the problems, but having a sector that was healthy when this crisis hit means this could be healthier as it recovers, as the as the people get healthier. Yeah, and also I, tell me, is this a difference too that matters? You know, we have lower interest rates. You mentioned stronger stronger lenders, but is there potentially more capital, more dry powder out there, and and kind of more potential interest in the commercial real estate or, uh, as an investment? There's a lot of dry powder out there. Um, there's, first of all, there's government support. The, the Fed, the, the fiscal stimulus, that has put a lot of money into trying to offset the loss of cash flow. This, this crisis is really like you turn off the spigot. It's not like uh, you were raising interest rates to make money more expensive. It was just turning off the spigot for the sales at a lot of firms uh, and the cash flow. So there is credit that's available from the government support. But not only that, there's a lot of investment money that's available. And we're seeing that in the demand for real estate. You don't have a lot of transactions going on right now because you know people aren't doing site visits, people aren't going to travel, people aren't going to do that. There's a lot of people who are waiting um, and, and that money will be there to support the market as we open up again. We took a couple of properties out during COVID and uh, the REITs for the most part were, were pretty, um, uh, didn't have much interest. They said, hey, get back to us. Does this improvement in the stock market help some of these REITs start to, to maybe get back to acquisitions? You know, it's human nature when there's uncertainty, you slow down and you pull back. You know, if you're walking through, you're walking through a, a building you don't know and bright lights are on, you can go pretty quickly. But if you're walking through a building and the lights are really dim, you slow down so you don't stumble over something. <laughs> People are gonna have the same attitude towards the real estate market right now. We don't really know what risks there are. I was giving the, the optimistic view. It is an optimistic view. I think it's a reasonably optimistic view though, but there are a lot of risks that are out there and no one wants to lay out a lot of money 
when your cash flow is uncertain, when the valuations are as uncertain as they are right now, it will come back, you know, not in July, uh, maybe later this year or next year, I'm not sure, but it will come back, not quickly. Yeah. Well, very interesting, Calvin. Uh, as always, very interesting to interview you, and thanks for uh, being on the show today. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. If you like more information, uh, check out their website. There's a lot of resources there. It's REIT, R-E-I-T, dot com. Uh, and let us know what you think. We appreciate you sharing the show. We appreciate your uh, comments and connecting with us on your favorite social media. Until next time, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.